Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hello and welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 97, which is the third and final week of our June mini-series covering the top three spiritual questions kids ask. Well, they sure do ask great questions, and we want to give them answers founded on the truth of God's Word. So far, we've answered the questions, where do I come from, and what's my purpose? Today, Corey and I will discuss what happens after I die. This question, along with everything we need for life and godly living, is answered in Scripture. We want you to be confident that you're giving kids information that is true, helpful, and age-appropriate. So after listening, you'll want to head over to our website at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible2School.com and click on the Resources tab. This is where you'll find the show notes from today, which includes the scriptures we talk about and other helpful links. Don't forget to rate and review You Can Tell the Children podcast on your favorite podcast channel. This is a very easy way to spread the ministry of Bible to School. And a double bonus, it makes it easier for listeners to find content they love. You can also follow us on our socials at Bible2School and share our posts with your friends. Ready to answer the third spiritual question kids ask? What happens after I die? Join my conversation with Corey now. Hi, Corey. Hi, Meredith. How are you doing today? I am great, and I'm so glad that we are back for our third and final week of digging into scripture to find the answers to the top three spiritual questions kids ask. Yeah, this last question is a really big one, and I hope our listeners take a lot of notes because this is a good one. Where I mean, our first week was, where do I come from? Our, you know, God made us, God made us in his image. God made us for a purpose. On the second week, we hit, what's my purpose? And that's easy. That's we're, we're supposed to be his daughter. We're supposed to be his son. And we want to, that's all we have to be. And all we have to do is we're serve and worship him for eternity. Yes. Yes. I hope our listeners have found this series helpful. I can definitely say every year in Bible to school, I have at least one kid ask these questions, all three of them. It never fails. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They are, they are good questions. And we want to equip everybody with the answers so that they can tell the kids about this. Where did I come yep. from? What's my purpose? And this last one is what happens after I die? Yeah, a really, really good one. And Corey, it's so important. We're prepared with an answer for each of the kids in our lives when this question inevitably is going to come up. Oh, yeah. The first thing we want to do when we're answering this question, Meredith, is be confident when it comes up, that we're we're given information that's true and helpful and age appropriate as well. I can't stress mm-hmm. age appropriate enough. Such a good point. One thing I've learned in my parenting years so far is that asking good questions of my kids is a really smart starting point. You know, it helps me assess where they are already on the topic before I start unloading all this information on them. Uh, and you know, it helps me prepare what I'm going to say in that moment. Well, it engages them. They love to give their opinions and their answers. And and you're right. From there, you can direct 
them away from false teaching or encourage them if they have truthful answers. So it's a really good place to start, Meredith. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for this conversation, where to start? What is the very first thing that you, Corey, would say to a child, let's say elementary age, who asks, so what happens after I die? It's a great question. All of us die. That's a common human thing that we're all going to die. But the simplest way to start is by giving easy facts to our adult listeners. Uh, Since the Bible tells us the body uh, apart from the spirit is dead in James 2, 26, we can know that we're speaking truth when we tell our kids that our current bodies do not last forever, but our spirits do. And so once our spirit leaves our body, we're either forever with God and someday we'll get a new body or forever separated from him. Mm, Yeah. So almost though, at that point, every kid who hears that is going to follow up with where, where are we going to be spending our forever? And Corey, I have to be honest. I know the truth absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt, but I worry that it may scare kids away depending how I answer. So I want to talk about heaven, but I honestly don't want to talk about hell yet. I know it's so important to have a balance and understand both ends. Yeah, it it is so important to hear about heaven and hell. And I totally get that fear, but how sweet it is to say that God created us to be with him forever in heaven. And this is where everyone will be who believes that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. So we want to start there. Yeah, you know, some kids may be satisfied with that answer. But you know, as well as I do, some will continue questioning and want to know, but what if someone does not choose to believe in Jesus? Well, Meredith, that's a perfect opportunity to say that the Bible tells us that God wants everyone to choose to believe him so they can be with him forever. I mean, you'll find that in scripture, like 2 Peter 3, 9 or John 3, 16. It makes God's so sad when people reject him and his son. And you can tell kids that. And when someone chooses not to believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins, the Bible says when they die, they will be in a place of pain and sorrow forever, separated from God. And this actually breaks God's heart. So you can kind of concentrate on that. You're breaking God's heart rather than hell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so good. And You're right. It takes the focus off of that and talks about what is. And then you can even probably, depending on the kid's age, start talking about God's character, which is so good and so loving and merciful. But for the younger kids, I think now is a great time to talk about what heaven is like and why they can be excited to spend their forever there. Yes. And and the other thing is they can talk to their family and friends, grandparents that have gone before them. And they can spend their forever with Jesus and with people who have gone before them. Yes. Oh, for sure. Most kids are going to respond with delight when you tell them that they can spend forever with Jesus. I actually experienced this very thing in our fourth grade class this past school year. I mentioned to my small group that we can spend forever in heaven with Jesus. And one of the sweet boys stopped what he was doing, looked up with bright, big eyes and exclaimed loudly, Really? (laughs) It was so precious to see his face light up like that, Corey. Oh, and don't we all light up like that when we're like, wow, we are going to spend our eternity with Jesus in heaven. I mean, how exciting is that? We're all like little kids when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. And for those who are a bit older, maybe like tweens on up, they will likely want to hear some more details about heaven and hell, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, when my kids are older, they would love to talk. I mean, I would talk to them 
about the thief on the cross who believed in Jesus only in the last few minutes of his life. And Jesus told him he would see him later in paradise. It's important to show what immediately happens after death for these kids. And this one passage clearly shows that believing in Jesus as our Savior means we are immediately with him when we die. And that's so near and dear to my heart. My dad's best friend, he was in a coma and we were all real sad. I was young at the time and I knew that he didn't quite live his life following Jesus, but at the end, he wanted to know Jesus. Mm. And so I knew at the very last minute because of that, the, the story of a, a thief on the cross, I knew that my dad's best friend who I love dearly would be with Jesus because he had done that. He had, he had that opportunity to accept Christ as his savior. Oh, amen. What an amazing truth that is. I love that passage too. I have used it so often with friends who are kind of asking those questions about end of life, or, you know, even my neighbor was telling me about somebody in her life who had passed away, but right before passing away had um, a scripture verse from Psalm that she kept repeating, which was odd for her because she didn't have faith during her lifetime, but it was just neat to be able to talk about that and say, you know, it's not too late until your last breath to that very second. Jesus loves us so much. We have all the chances in the world till our very last breath. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, We can go right into the arms of Jesus. Well, and on the other hand, it's only between God and that person. So it it definitely, we don't know. We can always just see from the outside. Then on the other hand, in the parable about Lazarus and the rich man found in Luke, Jesus mentions that the rich man was immediately tormented and anguish in anguish after he died. I mean, unable to find relief, yet able to see Lazarus in heaven with Abraham and God. I mean, you can find that passage for more details in the book of Luke chapter 23, starting in verse 19. Yeah, yeah. I totally recommend our listeners to turn there. Because it's just reading it together does something special. You and your kids can look it up together. Luke 23, 19. It really does spark great conversation, especially that particular passage. Oh, yeah. Because inevitably your older kids are going to ask hard questions like, why does God allow people to make the choice to be separated from him forever? How can a good God allow eternal suffering? And the other one was, what about my family and friends who didn't believe in Jesus and died? I mean, these are really good and important questions. Yes, we could do a whole podcast on those. Yeah, we could. But for now, we're just going to link some helpful answers to those questions in our show notes and stick with answering our younger crowd right now which leads us to spending more time on what heaven will be like. I, I like that part. Mm, yeah, it's pretty common actually for most people to have no clue what heaven will be like. I read an awesome book actually called Heaven by Randy Alcorn, which I cannot recommend enough. And he started by talking about how much time and attention that we'll just give to planning our next vacation. You know, we do, we all do that and we get excited and we get all those details in line. We're ready for it when it comes. Yet we have little to no understanding of where we're going to be spending our forever. Shouldn't we want to be somewhat informed about our forever home, Corey? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And and I actually I'm packing for vacation right now. So I totally get this. <laughs> but you know, the Bible affirms that heaven is the place where God dwells. In many ancient cultures, people use the term heaven to describe three different realms, Meredith. Mm. The sky, outer space, 
and then a spiritual heaven. So we are talking about the spiritual heaven, which is the realm beyond our physical universe where God dwells. Oh, yes. It's so good to distinguish the difference there. So heaven is God's living quarters. Please tell me more. Yeah, the book of Psalms gives, uh, like tells us heaven belongs to the Lord and that he is in heaven. And we read in the book of Matthew and Acts that Meredith, he is on his throne. I love that. And in Hebrews, this very throne is described as the throne of grace. So good. So good. It gives me this picture of good authority that heaven belongs to God. It's a holy place and God rules from a throne of grace. Exactly. So then why should I be excited about this place? So again, we're going back to scripture because that's where we're taking everybody, all the listeners. You always go back to scripture with the kids. I mean, 2 Corinthians mentions that heaven is the house not made with hands, but a building from God, which is eternal. We find out in the book of John that Jesus is preparing heaven for us and it has many mansions and all believers will be there with him. And I, I love that too. Oh, I love that picture. And you know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you know Audio Adrenaline. I know they're kind of an older band. I'm dating myself here. Okay. But they have a song called Big House. Do you remember it? It's Big, Big House with lots and lots of rooms. And I could sing it for you, but I will not. (laughs) (laughs) A big, big table with lots of food, a big yard where I can play football, a big house. It's my father's house. Yes, yes, yes. So I will link that in the show notes because it's just an awesome song. But Corey, I mean, why do we love this song? Well, it brings heaven to a level of understanding that reminds us that, of course, it's supposed to be fun and amazing because our father made it to enjoy with him. It will be filled with good things and all good things come from God. Amen. So true. And I'm so looking forward to that. So how about you? What are you looking forward to? about heaven, Meredith? Oh man, there's so much, but I think top of my list, I cannot wait to have conversations with Jesus and then see my friends and family that have died and gone before me. You know, the apostle Paul wrote about his yearning to see his friends who had died. And that's in first Thessalonians two. So I would encourage you to check that out in your Bibles with your kids as well. Now our listeners are going to be flipping all these pages, but <laughs> I love that we can point them to scripture as evidence that we're going to see our loved ones again. And that's so, so comforting. I've sat with many people in grief and yet that hope that we have that is in the scriptures about heaven, that we will see our loved ones again is so important, not only for adults, but for kids too. Yeah. And you know, I also, this is kind of even playing fields with what I just mentioned. I also can't wait to enjoy heaven's splendor. And just a quick story for you, because I didn't used to really think about heaven too much. Didn't really understand or know much about what it would be like. But as I started reading that Randy Alcorn book, Heaven, at that time, my son Bronson, he's headed to seventh grade in the fall. But ever since he was a young child, he loved rocks, especially gemstones. And around the time he was eight, I was reading through that that book, Heaven, and there was a section on what the new heaven and new earth would be like, which included all these amazing gemstones that God has ever created as being a part of our dwelling place. And it included precious stones like jasper, crystal, turquoise, and topaz. I just thought that was so amazing. Can't even imagine. One of the things that I think about with God and heaven and and imagining how beautiful heaven is, is that when Jesus's face shone after the transfiguration, 
everybody was just dazzled by his face and it was sparkling. And I think that's what heaven's going to be like, sparkling and full of light and beauty. Mm, Amen. I mean, it's awesome to think about and to be able to be in that place of awe and wonder and share it with our kids. It just, what's the word? It's contagious. They will adapt that feeling too. And you know, when I was talking about the turquoise, which is my favorite color and the topaz and the amethyst with Bronson, it was so fun because these are things that are interesting to both of us. And it's described in Revelation chapter 21. So cool. Well, before you talk about more, Meredith, I do have a question for you. Is the new heaven and the new earth different than the heaven we've been talking about? Ah, Corey, that's such a great question. Anytime I bring out revelation, I need to remember to specify (laughs) that is speaking about the new heaven and new earth that we will spend our forever in. But you see all of our believing loved ones who have already died, they are there. They are not in their forever home right now. As we had talked about earlier, Luke 23 tells us that when they die, they are immediately with Jesus. But then the Bible tells us that the current heavens and earth are going to be destroyed and replaced with a new heaven and new earth where righteousness dwells. Yeah, that's in Second Peter. Yep. Uh, the Bible tells us that we're waiting for Jesus to return to earth. And once he does, believers will live with God in a new Jerusalem on a reformed earth. Revelation tells us that our forever home, the future heaven, will be in the human realm on earth. Revelation, that's Revelation 21, one to three. So there's a lot of things that you can dive deeper into with older kids like this. Yeah, yeah, I would even take them to Revelation 21. The whole chapter is amazing and it can spur on some great conversation, but I'm just gonna read the first three verses. This is how John's revelation describes it. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Wow. So unless Jesus returns in my lifetime, Meredith, the heaven I will go to when I die is really a a beautiful temporary dwelling place to stop along the way to my final destination with everybody's destination is the new earth. Exactly. Yeah. We have so much to look forward to in the present heaven and especially this future heaven. The future heaven, Christians are promised this restored garden of Eden, you know, when God created in Genesis one, which we learned about in week one of the series, episode 95. And we answered the question, where do I come from? So you'll want to check that out too. go back two weeks and see what we had to say there. Yeah. So on this redeemed earth, this restored garden of Eden, we won't be just spirits. At this time, the Bible tells us we will have renewed bodies and the heaven and the earth, once separated, will be together and operating in perfection. I love the I love the renewed bodies thing. I really like that. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> My favorite part, that perfection, the mm. new heaven and earth will be a place of no mores. There will be no more tears, no more pain, and no more sorrow. There will be no more separation because death will be conquered. And we can find that in Revelation 21.4. Revelation 26, and a lot of scripture um, elsewhere. If you look in table of contents or in the back of your Bible, you can find other references to get you to that. But the no mores are my absolute favorite promises in scripture. And honestly, when you dig into this, you're debunking that whole misconception that heaven will be boring. 
So culture has definitely taken it and kind of squashed it and made it kind of boring. And you can tell your kids this new and exciting information from scripture, from God's word. Yeah. And scripture actually shows us we will be working, resting, praising, learning, celebrating and feasting. I mean, come on. That's Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to our listeners to uncover more amazing truths about your forever home, I really would encourage you check out Randy Alcorn's book called heaven and also check out his version for our younger kids, heaven for kids. I will link both of those in the show notes. I'm also linking a video from Randy that covers some of the tough questions people ask about heaven, as well as a few articles from gotquestions.org related to this conversation. So Meredith, just for fun, tell me one person you'd like to meet in heaven and what you'd say to them. Okay. Well, I had some time to think about this, but to be honest, I can't choose one. I'm going to choose two, but they go together. Okay. Their names are Shipra and Pua, and they were Hebrew midwives, and they defied Pharaoh's orders and saved hundreds of babies' lives. So you can find this story in Exodus 1. So what happened here is the Pharaoh was scared that the Israelites had gotten too big. Their population was too big, and out of his fear of them overtaking him and the other Egyptians, he ordered all newborn Hebrew baby boys to be executed after birth. And do you want to know the creative excuse these women used when asked why they were saving the babies, Corey? Uh, go ahead and tell me. Literally, quote from, from scripture, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Well, and they did this, Corey, because they feared God, not Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And that is the type of faith that makes me want to talk to these women and hear their testimonies when I see them in heaven. Wow. For me... You pick somebody from the Old Testament. I pick somebody from two from the Old Testament. I pick somebody from the New Testament for kind of the same reason. Thomas, he gets a bad rap doubting Thomas, but Thomas saw Jesus as a human. He saw him die. He doubted his resurrection. And then Jesus made a special effort to answer his specific prayer, to put his fingers in the nail holes and his hand in his side. Mm. And I, when I doubt, Mary, I'll tell you a secret. When I doubt, Meredith, I say, okay, show me, Lord, just show me something specific and he'll do it. Yeah. And then what Thomas said next, it really is my prayers. He just says, my Lord and my God, Hmm. which sums that up perfectly, doesn't it? Oh, wow. Yes. There's that all again, you Mm -hmm. know, just standing in awe of God and how much he loves us to answer us, even in our doubt. He is so good. So Corey, after this conversation, it seems like we can be really excited about what happens after we die. Oh yeah. We are, can be really excited about ha- what happens after we die. If we believe in Jesus as our savior, we can be overwhelmed with joy thinking about this forever home. This, this is our temporary home. Heaven is our forever home. And it's just so amazing. Yeah. And, and also be inspired to share what we know with others. We can talk about the afterlife with our kids and our lives. The end result will be likely an eager anticipation to tell everybody else so that they can help make heaven crowded. I mean, they, <laughs> they want everybody to go there. You know, they want to be with them. This is a good way to just plant seeds to get that whole idea of being in heaven someday, that this is our temporary home. It's, it's good to tell children this early on and discuss it and talk about it because there's so much untruth 
floating around out there. We want kids to know the truth here at Bible to school mm-hmm. and, and you can tell the children mm-hmm. and you can tell them the truth. Oh, amen. And we want them to make much of Jesus. And the more we can tell them the truth about Jesus, our forever home, heaven, the more they can get excited and the more they will want to share and they will be making much more of Jesus. And I love what you said that we can make heaven crowded. So let's do it. (laughs) Corey, would you please close our time together in prayer? Absolutely. Father God, Lord, thank you that you have answers and we have so many questions for you. And these three questions that Meredith and I have been talking with our friends here at You Can Tell the Children, Father, that, that you have answers for those and they're found in scripture. And Father, I pray that you would give our listeners courage to look these up with their children, with their teenagers, with their or even adult children, Father, so that they can know this. We know that all of us have been born and all of us are going to die. So Lord, we want to be prepared for that. And we want our loved ones to be prepared. So Father, um, out of love, give us your countenance, give us your words, give us your answers for where did I come from? What's my purpose? And what happens after I die? Thank you, Lord for conquering heaven and conquering death for us. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. I love how Corey ended on a note that pulls together these top three spiritual questions kids ask by saying, we can help make heaven crowded. And isn't that what this is all about? To know that we come from God, the creator of all things, who calls us to live our lives for him, to know him and to make him known so that we can spend forever with our loved ones in His presence. What an amazing purpose. I hope you're feeling better equipped to start great conversations with the kids in your lives related to these topics. You are just the person God has called to tell them. Do the kids in your life get to hear these spiritual truths during their school day? What about their friends? If they don't, we can help you see to it that they do. If you do not have a Bible to school program in your community, we can help you change that. Just go to our website at Bible2School.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com, and click on the Contact Us tab. We would love to start a conversation with you about how the kids in your life can hear about Jesus during their public school day. Another great way to learn more about Bible to School is to follow us on our socials. Instagram and Facebook are updated on the regular. Finally, be sure to share this episode with your friends and check back here next week to hear about the many benefits to biblical singing. Thanks for tuning in to our June mini-series. And remember, you can confidently tell the children in your life where they come from, what their purpose is, and what happens after they die.